Infrastructure is crumbling and the problems are only getting worse. The pressure to find solutions is hot. Let's talk about why American cities have no water, no electricity, and no money to fix their infrastructure problems. Welcome to the Infrastructure Hot Seat Podcast, hosted by Chad Smelter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Infrastructure Hot Seat Podcast. My name is Chad Smeltzer. I am your host. I hope you're enjoying our episodes. Uh, this is Series 1, going to be Episode 3, where we interview our special guest, Alex Churchill, who is the CEO and co-founder of InfoSense Incorporated, which is located in Charlotte, North Carolina. They've been in business for roughly 11 years and employ around 20 people. They manufacture and support their patented award-winning sewer line rapid assessment tool, called the SLRAT and its associated data management platform, the Sewer Line Data Organizer, or SLDOG. Their technology helps optimize sewer cleaning programs for municipal collection system operators. And a quickly uh, little overview of their technology, they use a transmitter receiver, send it uh, the sound through a sanitary sewer pipe in under 180 seconds can tell you whether the pipe is clean or blocked. Pretty uh, amazing technology. They've inspected over 400 million feet of sanitary sewer pipes, and they work with over a thousand municipalities, helping them prioritize their collection systems. With that being said, here's our interview. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't uh, forget to hit the subscribe button and follow us on our social channels. Have a great day. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Infrastructure Hot Seat. My name is Chad Smeltzer. I'm the CEO of BigCurement.com. Today, we have our guest, Alex Churchill, who is the co-owner and CEO of InfoSense. Alex, please introduce yourself and tell our audience uh, more about what you do. Yeah, so thanks, Chad, for having me on today. Again, my name is Alex Churchill and uh, InfoSense. We're a Charlotte, North Carolina-based manufacturer of a product called the Sewer Line Rapid Assessment Tool. And I became involved with the company back in uh, 2011, so it's been uh, 11 years now that I've been working with my partner, uh, Dr. Ivan Howitt, the inventor of the technology that we have. And um, yeah, that's a little bit about nice. me and, and, and how I got in the industry. So let's go back a little bit before you got into the sewer condition assessment world. You and I have obviously had a history together. We worked together and sold eye track or uh, <laughs> SL rats together. <laughs> we need to work on that. <laughs> we'll edit that out. We yeah, we're selling eye trackers. Yeah, we're, well, we're selling both, but we started selling SL rats back in 2016. And before that, you you invested in real estate. Is that correct? Or was that, what What was your background before we got into it? I mean, I do have some real estate investments, but not, not like... Uh, that was George's main business. Okay, that was one of the other like. Yeah, so how I got invested. into this, I had uh, I had gotten an MBA and worked for a consulting firm for a few years, and realized that uh, I didn't like writing PowerPoint decks for people. <laughs> I really liked actually getting stuff done, and um, left there and, and took an operating role with a company called Blue Rhino Propane Tank Exchange Company. And we were growing uh, about 40% a year at the time. And I uh, ran their largest distributorship and uh, nice. eventually took over all their manufacturing plants. We had nine plants that refurbished and refilled uh, about 15 million propane tanks a year around the country wow. and uh, had, had responsibility for all of that. And um, we sold the company to uh, Feral Gas, uh, a propane, uh, just propane distributor. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, 
when that after soon after that happened, I had a chance to to take a, a bigger role at a company called Allied Waste, garbage company. So I went from propane to garbage. Wow! And uh, ran uh, was the uh, market president for North and South Carolina for Allied Waste. So we had the largest landfill in North Carolina, the largest landfill in South Carolina. Had about eight hundred people that worked for me there. Wow! And um, when Allied merged with Republic a few years later, uh, I took a severance package, uh, left, and decided that I wanted to go out and do something on my own. And was looking at buying a company and looked at several uh, several opportunities. Yeah. And uh, got also got involved with an angel investment fund in Charlotte that at the time was called the Inception Micro Angel Fund, but is now uh, they're on their third, uh, actually fourth fund at this point shows how long I've been doing this. Uh, so Charlotte Angel Fund 3 is is being funded now. So I got involved with that. And, and the guy who was running it at the time was involved with the UNC Charlotte's Office of Technology Transfer. And he said, I know you like weird industrial stuff. And I know this crazy genius professor who's got this great technology and you guys should meet. And so he set up for me and Ivan to, to meet in a coffee shop up by UNC Charlotte. And we had a, a four hour meeting that, wow. um, uh, that went through all the stuff Ivan had done in very academic terms. Yeah. And uh, when we got around to things like, uh, you know, how much you're going to charge for it or how are you going to bring this to market? He said, I don't know. That's what I need you for. And so, uh, or that's what I need someone like you for. Right. And so, uh, he and I, uh, you know, weren't, I wasn't sure he had a viable business. He wasn't sure or a viable product. He wasn't sure that I was someone he wanted to work with. And so I said, I'll spend some time helping you do develop some financial models and, and, and a market analysis and that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, at the time anticipated, which I'd been down this road multiple times. I have been down this road many times. You, you find a lot of these, uh, ideas, uh, especially early stage ideas are not viable for whatever reason. It's very hard to thread the needle to, to come up with an idea that can right. solve a problem and make money right. uh, and be, be an attractive investment. And so I was just uh, six months in, uh, was still uh, uh, amazed that Ivan and I still liked each other and it looked like a viable uh, idea. Right. And uh, we ended up uh, taking on another a uh, guy, George Salembo, uh, as a, another partner. And the three of us developed the current version of the technology. It was really Ivan developed it, but the three of us kind of worked together to, to take this to the commercialization phase. And wow. uh, in 2012, we we released the first SLRAT. So. 2012. So a little bit of 10 years ago, right? That's, uh, if my math's correct, 10 years ago, you launched the SO Rat. And I'm, to be honest with you, Alex, it's revolutionized the sewer industry. And it's funny that uh, you went from waste management, propane to waste management, the sewers. So mm -hmm. that's that's very unique. So you, you, it's funny. Everything I've worked with <laughs> is, since I've left consulting has smelled bad. <laughs> Well, propane, it's sewers. Yes. All, all, uh, and the good part is that I don't have a great sense of smell. Oh, so that's, that's it's a helpful. great fit for me. All three of them. That's very helpful. That's very, uh, very, uh, a good thing not to have a good sense mm -hmm. of smell at, at this point when you're in sewers. So, uh, going back, so Ivan, 
you met with Ivan. You didn't know if the had you know the product had product market fit. You probably didn't know a lot about the sewer space in general. So I would you know I, I would assume that as an investor, you look at things. Uh, at, how do you evaluate businesses? Like how the how, how do you obviously you said you spent six months with him to kind of work, make sure you guys work together as a marriage. And I think this is very important for just people as, you know, starting a company and, and figuring out how investment works. How do you look at and evaluate a company before you, you know, kind of dive in? I know you spent six months, but obviously you may have put money into this. Like what made you get to that point? So I think at some point it all boils down to a financial model. I mean, I hate to say that it's just you have to look at uh, free cash flow and, and, and what, what you think it's going to generate. But it does all at some level boil down to that. But there's so many factors that go into projecting what you think that cash flow will be. Yeah. You have to know uh, you have and, and in a startup or early stage company, you have to make a lot of assumptions about how much you're going to charge for the product if you're even going to sell the product or you have such a wide open space mm -hmm. that you've got a lot of uh, options that you've got to um, pare down to what you're actually going to try and then you have to test yeah. um, so i think it's just a matter of looking at the uh, you know the revenue side and, and and trying to figure out where that can go how quickly you can reasonably grow it what the value of the product is to the end user and, yeah. and, and, and you, how can you value price it? And then you have to look at uh, you know, all the mechanics of what's your cost of goods, what's the capital investment required, what's your acquisition cost, your customer acquisition cost has become a big metric over the last few years, which I, I would say it was less pronounced uh, 10, 10 or 12 years ago. I think the software world is really highlighted that uh, customer acquisition cost right. uh, component. And then there's other things, you know, can you find network effects in this product? Uh, you know, can, uh, the more you sell, is there more value to what you do? And, you know, I don't know that that's uh, applicable in our case, but, you know, in something like, uh, um, you know, an iPhone or, or uh, some of these other products, especially with software, there's a lot of uh, network opportunities or network effects that, that make it the more users you have on the platform, like Facebook, the more valuable it is or LinkedIn. Yeah. If you're familiar with LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. It's a great, great resource for networking. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, when I started working with Ivan, we it certainly was a, a major problem and the solution had a it was 10 to 20 times faster, 10 to 20 times cheaper than the alternative. Right. It, it, uh, it checked a lot of boxes for what it would be able to accomplish for the end user. The go-to-market strategy uh, you know, tur has turned out to be the bigger challenge. It, it's just a B2G is a tough industry and uh, selling city by city or municipality by municipality is hard. And that customer acquisition cost is high. And uh, we had a lot of wiggle room built into our model. And there's an old venture capital uh, idiom that, you know, if you if you double the amount of time it will take, cut the revenue in half and double the expenses, if it still looks like a viable business, then you might have something. And uh, I would say from our original projections, that's high, uh, very accurate uh, to, to what we've actually experienced. It takes, it's taken twice as long, it's cost twice as much, 
and yeah. uh, it, it's uh, you know I, I think we have a viable business, but there's a lot of ones if 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 you can't pass that test, uh, your chance as a as a technology startup it's going to be a hard need hard much harder needle to thread. Right, right, because you're taking a hardware device. And then you guys have a software component that you you probably originally didn't think about, or was the SL Dog technology a, a kind of an addition, or did you grow into that? So I think this was all thought of. We have been far ahead of our customer for many years, wow. and we've had to we have had to back off of what we wanted to do to stay. Uh, at a, in a position where we could commercially uh, take stuff out to our end user. Got and it. so when we first started doing this, there was uh, certainly talk of doing this as a service and charging for it as a service, treating it almost as a, as a software, right. which is really the intellectual property that, that we have. That's what people are buying. But in our industry, that was such a paradigm shift. We were already shifting the paradigm of how they clean their sewer system to shift the model of how they bought something. It was it was too far. And yeah. so, in our case, a lot of these things we've had to we've had to dial back from from the original vision to, to something that's more uh, acceptable in the market at this point. And so, when you talk about the SL Dog Portal that we have the sewer line data organizer, yep. that piece was envisioned from the beginning. Uh, the, the, the core infrastructure of that has, has existed uh, since the device has been around. We've made a lot of enhancements and functionality improvements and reporting improvements, but the core base of it, uh, we haven't finished building out all of the core vision that went with it uh, you know, yeah. 10 years ago when, when Ivan invented it. What, when you guys, you and Ivan obviously team up, you're working together for six months. Was there ever moments where you guys just thought like, this thing's not going to work? Ivan and I have always worked very well together. I think if we had gotten to that point, it's not that we don't uh, argue or, or uh, have different opinions, but right. I think he and I both have a fact-based uh, engineering background. Nice. And in my experience, when people get to the point when you're arguing about stuff uh, or things at a certain point, number one, you need to not get emotional about it. Right. Uh, and, and when you're talking about sewers, it's uh, somewhat easier to stay emotionally uh, unattached from things. But, you know, there's certainly uh, keeping the emotions out of things and, and, and getting facts. And that's what he and I found. I would say almost invariably when he and I have had some sort of disagreement, we'll need to say argument. I don't know if we've really ever argued, but right. we've had a disagreement. It, it comes down to, we don't have all the information we need to make a decision. And so then we have to decide how do we gather that information or how do we do a, a, an experiment right. uh, to try that out? And, and it could be trying something in the market. It could be uh, releasing a new, a feature in the firmware of our product and seeing if people will use it or value it or so on. And, and then based on what we learned from that, figuring out what the next step is. And so I think, I can't think of a time that we, we haven't uh, been aligned. Oh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's very important. You know, you, you, you always have to be in line with your team and the, the, the direction of the company, where it's going to go and things like that. Now you are creating the SL RAP, which is a sewer line rapid assessment tool, right? 
and you're ready 10 years ago, right? When did you mm -hmm. guys realize that you're disrupting a really massive market that's controlled by CCTV and cleaning companies? When did you guys realize that you were innovating we, this thing? Yeah, so we knew that from the beginning. Okay. And I think that the what made me interested in working with Ivan as an academic was the fact that he had a customer. So he had been working with the city of Charlotte for uh, when I met him, he had been working with them for almost six years. Okay, And so he had close relationships with people there. They had been intimately involved with developing the technology and, and not necessarily the intellectual property, but providing the, the customer feedback. He could go create something, take it to them. They would try it. And if it worked, they would say, that's great. If it, if they didn't like it, they would tell him right. and he could go back to, 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 to iterate, to, to try to improve upon uh, whatever that feedback was. Right. And so the fact that he had a customer already, I also had a chance to, to meet with a customer. And so we ha I had people there saying, this is going to revolutionize our industry. We, you, you guys, this is a, you know, an amazing product. The challenges um, for us has been getting other non-users to, to see the value of it and, and to see the changes that, that it creates. But it does cause a, a ripple effect through the whole uh, maintenance of your collection system. Your, your, your right. wastewater collection system has gone over the years from reactive maintenance, where people only did maintenance when a run to failure model, where you waited for the pipe to to, uh, to, to block up with roots or, or to collapse or what have you. And uh, you waited for the phone call from the people with the, the sewage in their basement, and then you went out and fixed that problem. And then you went to the you went back to the shop, or you went to fix the next problem somebody had called about. <laughs> but you weren't proactive, and that that ended that began to end. I would say with the Clean Water Act, yep. and um, as the Clean Water Act of 1972, it's the year I was born, and 50 years. Uh, I'm getting old, and the act is 50 years old, and it still hasn't been fully implemented. You so. don't look 50. It's good. Well, thanks. <laughs> uh, um, the you know, when you look at that, it's an amazing piece of legislation. You know that that 50 years later, it, it still uh, hasn't been fully rolled out or fully implemented, and and there's people still trying to comply with with the regulations and uh, requirements that, that it uh, created. Right. And I think our, our, our country is better for that. But I think, uh, you know, when you look at the, um, uh, the industry, that changed from the, the reactive maintenance to, to people saying, I need to do something. And time-based maintenance was the next way to look at things. So I'm going right. to look at this sewer pipe every five years or i'm going to look at it every 10 years and and i'm or i'm going to clean it or i'm going to do something with it on some sort of time-based schedule and that's been a, a long-term transition and i would say my experience here in the u.s that probably 70 percent of utilities at this point have some sort 70 plus percent of some sort of time-based maintenance program there's another 20 to 30 percent they're still reactive yeah those are I'll say concentrated in places that have uh, less aggressive state regulators in, in a lot of cases and yeah. uh, where um, sometimes newer systems or smaller systems. Uh, but for the most part, uh, most utilities have migrated to a time-based protocol. And when you talk about disruptive, uh, you know, the SL RAT you know, takes the, the technology from a 
from a time-based program to a condition-based protocol where you're trying to clean the right pipe at the right time. And right. that, that, uh, that changes how you deploy your CCTV equipment peripherally, but it really changes how you deploy your cleaning trucks. And right. it helps you figure out as an operator, where do I put my, need to put my cleaning truck tomorrow or next week? Right. And that's really what this equipment is meant to do. So. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, just from my experience working with you and the SO RAT back in 2016, 15, whenever we started, uh, I got introduced to it. I immediately clicked like how revolutionary this technology is going to be for the industry. And, you know, it went to our second startup with Midwest Water Group. It's like mm -hmm. we were like, let's use this thing, start inspecting sewers faster, finding the problem so that we can reduce cost, increase uh, your predictability of where you're going to have backups, you know, find the problems faster and then not waste time and money on expensive cleaning and jetting equipment, as well as CCTV equipment, which is, you know, a CCTV camera is $75,000. For example, you're putting that in a sewer that's going to get stuck. It's going to get damaged. It's going to get broke at some point in time. Uh, it's, it's going to happen and it happens all the time. And then you have the jetting trucks are throwing thousands of gallons of clean water into a sewer pipe to get it opened up where the SL rat is sitting there as acoustic, sending sound through the pipe, evaluating it and giving you a score, whether it's blocked or not. And it's going through 20,000 feet in a day. You know, that's the kind of stuff that's amazing. So are you getting feedback on your end? No, oh, it was great. my phone ringing. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So, no <laughs> All good. So my point is, is I loved the technology and I knew, and you know, obviously I knew it was going to revolutionize a lot of what's happening now. And you can see where EPA's approved your SLRAT technology as a uh, condition assessment tool, you know, for inspecting sewer pipe. Can we talk a little bit more about the problems with cities right now, what they're dealing with and, and where the, you know, InfoSense technology is, is helping them? Yeah. And so maybe if we can back up, you know, I, I'd love to say the EPA has approved it, but I, I would say more that the, the EPA uh, would accept this as part of an overall maintenance program. And so right. when you really look back from a regulatory standpoint, there's a lot of people that, that think the CCTV is the only approved technology or that uh, um, some particular type of flow meter is the only approved type of flow meter. <laughs> right. or um, but really, from a regulatory standpoint, they're not prescriptive enough to tell you what equipment, what tools to use. They have an outcome that they're looking for you to, to generate. Right. And they're looking for you to create a plan that, that seems reasonable to, to help achieve that objective. And this has been accepted in many consent orders across the country with the EPA, also at the state level. But it's also, you know, been used as part of California SSMP plans and, and yeah. in Texas with SSOI plans and uh, it's been incorporated into a lot of CMOM programs. Amazing. And so I think as long as you have a plan for how to use it, I haven't seen where it hasn't been accepted uh, from a regulatory standpoint. Right. But it's not there. There is no uh, uh, approved Proof. technology that, that, that people can just go pull off the shelf that. Uh, it is uh, regulator approved. True, so. true. Good point. Good point. Yeah. It, it, you know, look, I think it's, you know, you know, my passion about it. I think it's a great tool and it should be approved. It's just my, every city should have one. That's just the way it should be. If you don't, then you're just wasting time and money on your collection system. You were going to say something about the problems within the cities? Yes. We got, we, I, I just wanted to back up on that one point, but sure, yeah, so no the, 
use, you know, we have people out in hundreds of municipalities a year and uh, even around the world, we've got customers, about 10% of our customer base is outside the U.S. Uh, and Canada. I'll say U.S. and Canada are 90%, the other 10% are, are uh, in, in other places. But uh, what we universally see is that our customers don't have enough staff right, right now. You know, there's there's uh, staff shortages in all industries, but in in this municipalities, uh, working in sewers is not the most glamorous job. Right. Uh, local governments don't always pay the highest, uh, have the highest pay rates, although often they have excellent benefits packages and long-term pensions. That's not always going to attract the, you know, the, the hourly folks that are out doing the work in the field. And so we almost universally see municipalities that are understaffed. Or, right. uh, and, and combined with that, there's a demographic piece. The average age of someone in our industry is actually older than me, which makes me feel good. But but it's kind of bad for the industry. The average age of someone is uh, in their mid-50s. And right. there's going to be a big wave of people retiring. And... Um, in, in some ways that, that allows for new thinking and, and for new approaches. And, and we do find uh, um, that to be the case in, in, in a lot of instances for us. But um, beyond the staffing and the demographics and, and that piece, we find a lot of people have put these time-based programs into place and, yeah. and they've uh, committed themselves in some way to a plan. And a lot of times they're just not able to achieve that plan. So they're not uh, able to keep up on the maintenance goals of cleaning that they had. And then in you know certain instances, we see utilities that are under regulatory pressure from a uh, system performance standpoint, too many overflows, uh, not enough maintenance where they're triage, having to triage or prioritize what they do. And uh, all those are cases where we can, we can help. Yeah. So. You had me laughing there. I was grinning anyway. I was laughing inside because I remember when I was selling the SL rat to the cities I was working with and I would sell it and they'd get it and they start using it. And then I'd get the email, Chad, this thing found collapsed sewers. What did you sell me? It's finding too many problems. What? <laughs> I was just laughing. I was like, well, that's what we're here for. Find problems so we could fix them because you didn't know about them, right? They were just ticking time bombs. And that was so great to hear the clients actually finding the problems. However, they didn't understand it. And it was amazing how eventually they understood like the benefits of it, but it took them a little while to transition into that. Anyway, that was a little uh, story I was thinking about in my head. Yeah. And that's what we tell people. This is a screening tool, very fast, very low cost, low resolution view of blockage in your sewer system. So yeah, it's going to find problems, right? but it's also going to find a lot of pipes that aren't problems. Yeah. And, and we find a lot of utilities, especially in the Western U.S., that have been, I'll say, pressured uh, from a regulatory standpoint to implement very aggressive time-based cleaning programs, yeah. which are very costly, and they have been significantly over-cleaning their system. And in some cases, they find very, very few problems. And so true. Uh, I think as you migrate uh, east, uh, the mid, you know, some parts of the Midwest and definitely uh, the East Coast. You have older infrastructure uh, in a lot of cases, older cities, and it's a challenge for them to. They they don't have the uh, 
aggressive cleaning protocols that are, that are in place in, in some places out west. And so uh, over the years, that they, they have a lot more problems to find. But we, we have certainly found utilities that have very, very few problems. And that's that's a good thing, too. 100%. That's where we want the industry to get to, to where they're, they don't have as many problems because they found most of them and they fixed them. And, you know, they're just using the SL rat as a tool to just keep, keep following up on the maintenance, making sure there's not getting blockages in there. And, you know, it's a, it's just a great tool to just inspect sewer systems. It, it's awesome. Now we have like three minutes left. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about InfoSense future, where you guys are going, what the, what, what, what the plans are as you guys are moving forward in this. And you, you, you kind of touched on like the retirement, we're getting the baby boomers, even mm -hmm. my kids call me baby boomers nowadays, retiring a lot of that intellectual knowledge is leaving these cities. Where do you think InfoSense is going to fit into that down the road? So I think ultimately what we're providing is information to, to help utilities objectively figure out where they're going to deploy cleaning and in some cases, TV equipment, but most importantly, cleaning equipment. And I think that is going to become more and more important as as people uh, generational change. There, right. There's the, the value of data. Uh, in the last 10 years, I've seen a huge change. When we used to go meet with utilities, often they didn't have a GIS department or they didn't have GIS data right. or they didn't have a GIS system. And now very frequently we have the GIS uh, some representative from the GIS department in in the initial Means. sales call because yeah. they want to understand the data and and how to process it and how to how to report out on it and so I think um, as that data becomes more important that's really where we're headed you know the equipment we have works well it's rugged it's field tested yeah. Um, we're, we're always making incremental improvements to it, but the value is really helping create kind of a seamless end-to-end -end, uh, ability for someone to go out and collect data in the field, yeah. upload that data to, to the cloud in some way, and use that information to make decisions about what work order is being created for which cleaning truck on which day and yeah. and. and using that to, to inform your next decision and, and really to automate your workflow of, of what people are doing. So I think that's kind of our long-term long strategy yep. uh, that we're trying to do is help make that as seamless as possible. And there's such a heterogeneity of different uh, business processes in municipalities that that is challenging uh, to, to create something that, that um, can work for everyone right but that's really uh where we're headed from the you know sophisticated big city with uh, uh, uh city works implementation to the to the small town that that doesn't really have any systems we're trying to help help each one of those uh use the technology to the best of their uh sophistication yeah that, that's uh that's one part and then i think the other part is that as people have had staffing issues we have had to focus more on on service components and we have uh, service providers we work with um, we're doing more and more service we're seeing more and more uh, equipment rentals and and nice. service uh, as part of this versus uh, people buying the equipment there's a lot more um, a lot more customers that are just going out and, and having this done uh, through a contractor or, or even in some cases through us. Yeah, uh, that's great. I mean, look, you guys are revolutionizing the industry 
it's a great tool and uh you know i'm kind of biased because i've used it um but it's you know it's revolutionizing the industry and it's it's really a a tool that needs to be in every city's hands for inspecting sewers uh you know two-man crew one-man crew well two-man crew you need to go out and do it Uh, i was thinking we need transmitter receiver uh so you know um if anybody wants to get in touch with InfoSense, what's the best way to reach out? So probably the easiest way to reach out is just to send an email to sales at InfoSense.com and we'll nice. we'll make sure that gets to the right manufacturer's representative for your for your particular area. Uh, you, but you can also call us if you're a little old school. You can call eight seven seven pipe check. Wow! And, I yeah, you had a fancy phone number. Yes, it's 877-747-3245, and it's uh, extension zero or one, you will get somebody that can help you with your your request. And if you just want to learn more, you can go to infosense.com, and there's a lot of information on our website. It is. It's a great website. I, I, um, you know, it's got a lot of, of just, you know, ability to log in and get yourself into the SL dog site and, and, and get your information of, um, where you're, you know, searching for sewer problems. So it's a, it's a great site to be on. And, uh, well, Alex, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, uh, for the opportunity to talk to you and, and tell the, tell the audience about, uh, InfoSense and thank you very much. Well, thanks, Chad. I appreciate your uh, time and, and, uh, your, uh, questions and, and hopefully I've, uh, provided some information somebody will find is beneficial. I feel like we're going to have another conversation at some point in time. That's for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank you, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Chad. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Infrastructure Hot Seat Podcast. We hope that this show brought you some insight on relevant topics within the infrastructure world. Please join us every two weeks on Tuesday for the next episode. If you're interested in being a guest on this podcast, please set up a 15-minute interview with your host at calendly.com slash chadsmeltzer. 